Thank you. It's, uh, I tell him, I'm like, I'm from here, so I'm still a Seahawks fan, you know, at heart, so I'm still there. Like, we were shaking hands, and Mrs. over here, she's like, look, she's got the 12 necklace on, she's got the green and the blue. It's like, I see your belt buckle, but that doesn't do me anything, all right? And, <laughs> and it makes me laugh, and I figured it was funny, because I, 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 I'm coming up, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to bring all Texas up to this. I'm going to wear my boots, I'm going to wear my buckle, my Wrangler pants, all that stuff. You know, and then I borrow my brother's car on the way over here to Subaru Outback. <laughs> and, I, and I laugh because it's leaning on the way. I'm like, I don't know if it's tire pressure or me. This, it keeps pulling left as I'm driving over here. And he's, he's not over here, but I got my family here. I got my older brother. I got his family. I got my wife. I'm thankful for that. This is, this is a pretty amazing place to be right now. I think it's pretty crazy. Oh, I wanted to say thank you also for giving up. Sunday used to be my football Sabbath. So now it's like the real Sabbath. Now it's the real deal. So I want to say thank you for giving it up, but it's not like anybody's watching the Pro Bowl anyway. (laughs) They're playing a bunch of patty cake. That's what it is. (laughs) We can all get an extra laugh out of that one. It's I'm like, all right, I wish I was still doing that so I could get paid to play patty cake. So it's, uh, <laughs> but this is, but it's been amazing, like the swell that's gone into my life. And it's funny because I got on the phone with Pastor Dan, and I know some of you know the connections in Texas, but what's happened in my life has been incredible. So we got on the phone, and he's probably right because the wives are telling us to be quiet and go do what you got to do. But I felt like I was, I was like, man, I hope I'm not overbearing you because I'm just unloading the explosion of awesome that's taking place in my life right now. And it's been crazy. So it's what I'm here to talk about today is God in the huddle, which is fitting for football meathead like me. But, uh, but it's, it's kind of it's my realization as I sit here and recount what he's done in my life and the amazing places he brought me and the people he's put on it and the, and the different things he's done to direct me back towards him, which has been not what I've seen all the time, really, not what I've searched for all the time. It's not, I mean, you know, I thought I was a really good guy doing my thing and could reason through things pretty well on myself, but uh, it turns out you can make some mistakes and hurt some feelings and do some wrong stuff. And I'm thankful for this, for the route he's taken me, because it's just, that's why I say it's been an explosion of, of amazing things. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into 1 Samuel today and talk about a little bit about David Goliath, which fits, fits the football player. And we're going to go into that, and I want to dissect that a little bit and compare some stories. So we're going to open it up to 1 Samuel 17:34, And I've got to give you a little context first. So this is what's going on. This is the story of David and Goliath. What's happening is we have two armies battling this out. So we got the Philistines, and the leader of the Philistines is Goliath. Okay, and he's this, they describe him as this giant, 10-foot-tall mountain of a man who's been killing people since he was young. He's battle-hardened. He's got a, a suit of bronze. It's just, they, you got to read it. If you don't read it, it sounds like the most wicked, cool person ever like you would see in a movie, in a gladiator or something. I'm like, yeah, I want this guy, right? But Sunday Night Football gets it wrong. Right? They think it's the battle between the little guy and the big guy. They don't realize little guys is really battle of 
God against the big guy. And come on, man, you can't. The guy who made you, you're not going to battle with the, the one who puts you together. So it's just funny. So, okay, we've got the Philistines. Goliath is leading them. Over here you have the Israelites, and Saul is leading the Israelites. And this is basically God's army. So what happens, these guys are on mountainsides. There's a big valley in between. And we come to Goliath challenges the Israelite army. He says, any one of you who can beat me one-on-one -on -one, win the battle. We will submit to you. And that would be it. Like, it sounds like a pretty good deal. I would, I would take that chance if I were you. Which was, that was a Bill Parcells thing, by the way. He used to tell us, you can't win your one-on-ones. We're not going to win this game. Everybody's got to win the one-on-one. So it it's, goes into the battle we have each day. But he says this, and Saul's on the other side with his army, and, and immediately they're all afraid, like, no way, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with my boys over here. We're going to battle this out, power by numbers thing. Yeah, no thanks. So this goes on for a while. Meanwhile, in the background, David is helping his brothers that are fighting in the war or in this battle. He's going back and forth feeding his sheep. He's a shepherd boy, young guy, and he's just he's kind of running some errands, helping out. And... About 40 days of this battle goes on, and David shows up back on the Israelite side, and he overhears Goliath state this one more time. Anybody who can beat me one-on-one -on -one will submit. And I like, I like David's gumption he's got. You know, so this, I'm like, I'm, I'm the football guy. I want to be tough. I want to be warrior-like. Give me the shoulders that can hold the world. And he comes over, and he basically kind of throws his hat in the ring, and his brothers start making fun of him. And they take him to Saul. Saul starts making fun of him. He's like, you're just this little baby. There's no way. You, this guy is a mountain. He's going to destroy you and kill you. There's no, we're, not, we're not doing that. That's where, this is what I love. So then we come to 1 Samuel 17, 34. And this is David's response back to Saul and what he has to say. So we go here. But David said to Saul, your servant, he's talking about himself, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him, and I struck him, and I delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard. It's funny, I have a beard. But, uh, and I struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. It's basically a word for calling him dirty. He's filthy. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And I love this, because this is basically, I, I picture like two brothers, like two buddies battling out or something. You're like, well, you got one guy's telling you, you can't do this. And the other guy's sitting there like, hold up, what are you talking about? And he recounts this whole story. Like, God's delivered me through this point. I can make it through this, no problem. He's with me. I love this. And what this, to me, this goes on to illustrate a, uh, a battle that we go through every single day. A, a mountains, valleys, small and big battles all the time. And how the enemy wants to work to cover up God's work within that. God wants to use the battle. He wants to mold you. He wants to do all these different things to build you up and put those bigger shoulders on you. But the enemy wants to steal that. He wants to hijack those moments. And it can happen even in a smaller moment. Like you might be having a mate, man, I need to get some flowers for my wife. I don't have time for that. Enemy batting it down just like that. 
right? And it can be our own misthinking that can do that, but it happens all the time, and it can be something as, as, as grand as health or relational battles, too, that it gets to. But I think it's stuff like that, and this, that was something I really didn't know about growing up. See, I'm middle of three boys. My older brother's in back. My younger brother, he'll be here at 11 a.m. But my older brother's got two boys, studs. My younger brother had a son, stud. And I was, it was funny. So I'm like, we had a ton of testosterone in our family. Right, so we fought like crazy. I was usually the one who cried. It was just, that's just where we were at. But, uh, but it was funny. I ended up being the one with the girl for a little bit, and, and which we call it the lineman's curse because it was like you got too much testosterone, too much meathead inside of you right now. I need you to settle down. I'm going to put some estrogen in your life and make you cry a little more. <laughs> and so that's, that's what that goes on. But <laughs> growing up, us three boys, I mean, we were, we were tight-knit, man. But about eight years old, when I was about eight, when our folks decided to get a divorce, it was tough. Tough thing. Didn't know how to handle that. And they did the best they could with everything. Our family expanded a great deal, and I love my step-parents and my step-family. And we, we're tight, and they're, it's amazing. But it was a tough time growing up. And so we started on this kind of a carousel of moving a little bit back and forth and ended up between eight years old and seventh grade, went to seven different schools. It was a lot. I remember we landed in Gig Harbor, Washington. So I'm at Goodman Middle School right now, and I was walking down the hall one day. I remember I'm this new kid. I make friends, we move, make friends, we move. But I'm this new kid in the school. I've been here for a little bit now. And I'm walking down the hallway in between classes, and it was a narrow hallway. Got a bunch of kids all over the place, and there's this big dude walking towards me, and he's got a football jersey on. And I don't know what's going on, but I'd recognize him because he'd been in some fights before, and he'd been suspended, and he was just kind of the troublemaker, distracting students all the time, some teachers bugging him all the time, right? So I remember seeing him, and he locked eyes on me, and I immediately went into a void mode. You know you guys go into that, right? So I'm like, shoot, I see this. I'm all right, hold up. So I like do this zigzag motion thing. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Never been in a fight before. I'm like, I'm going to cry. I'm like, no. You know? So we get up face to face, and he just kind of looks me up and down one time, and he said, you're a big dude. You should come play football. And I think about times like that, and he will use people to direct us to the path to get back to him. And I didn't know what was going on. This guy had no idea what was going on. No idea that, like, I'm, my brothers and I are, okay, me, individual, or whatever. I have my own thoughts going on through my folks' divorce and what's happening with that and moving around, constantly new kid. I, man, I was chubby. I found solace in a, my, my Sabbath with Doritos or something. That's what I wanted. But he had no idea what was going on in my life. And I assume something bad's going to happen, and he walks up and meets and makes one simple invite and changes my life. And I think of Matthew with that and how he calls us to be the salt and the light to other people, and he might not even realize what he was doing. But just that invitation was inviting me to open up to a whole other section of my life I never would have known about had that hadn't happened. 
And I think we're supposed to live in such a way that we're so inviting and that light is so bright that people start leaning in and wondering what the heck's going on with you. Right? Where you're not judgmental, you're not condemning, you're not coming at you anyway, say, I still love you. Hey, we can disagree. That's cool. I love you anyways. You're beautiful. Right? You're a fighter. That's, that's a gift. That's a God gift. I love it. But they still come to you in such a way that what are you doing? You say, I don't know, man. All I know is I'm trying to copy him. I'm, try, try, I'm try, trying to copy Jesus and what he's doing. It's not me. It's a whole lot bigger than me. I know that for sure. And all of a sudden, they start going in that. And it's funny how that, I can look back now and see that. Look what he's done in my life when we recount it. And, it, and so we go back out. Okay, so I remember the first practice of football ever now. I go out. I'm still the chubby kid. We got pads. I don't know what these things are. It's weird. And, and the coach sets up the field. And so we're all kind of sitting. He's like, I'm coach. You guys are the players. We're all sitting on a knee. And he sets up the field in position groups. And he goes, quarterbacks, linebackers, running backs, DBs, wide receivers, offensive, defensive linemen are about a mile that way. Always put them forever away because it just drives me nuts. But, but they do that. And he goes, all right, all right, guys. Got a lot of new guys out here today for the first time, never played the game. If you've never played football before, I want you to go to the spot you want to play. Who do you think I went? Quarterback, man. I'm not gonna lineman. One, I don't want to run over there. Two, it's right here. Lineman's right or, or quarterback's right here. So I'm like, baby, okay. So we go over here. We're we're in the end zone. We're doing ten yard passes. We're just warming up. And uh, and I think I'm pretty money. So I'm sitting here. I'm throwing the ball to the back and forth to this other guy. But everyone's going in the dirt. I still think I'm good, which is funny, right? But I'm like, I'm throwing. Everyone's going in the dirt, and I can see the coach working his way down the line, kind of looking at guys. And he gets to me, and he, says, and he stops. He's like, Proc, Proc, what are you doing? Hold on. I said, I'm playing quarterback, coach. What do you think, man? I'm going to throw some footballs, throw some touchdowns. I wanted to be Warren Moon was my guy. Right? That was the only football player I knew at that time, like growing up. I'm like, I want to play football. I'm going to throw some touchdowns. Who knows what could happen? All right? And he stops me. He's like, took the ball. I wanted it back. But it was like, he took the ball. He said, stop, Proc. Corey, hold on. He goes, I have the biggest guy on the football right on the t- on the field right now. He's trying to be a lineman. He goes, I could have the next NFL lineman sitting here trying to be a quarterback. I need you on the line. And he kicks me, you know. He's like, get your butt over there. So I got now I gotta jog the mile to the lineman. <laughs> and Man, I think of the opportunities God gives us. They're not always dressed like we want to see them. Like he could have a gift for us or a blessing for us right there. But because it's wrapped in a different way than we expect it to be wrapped, we either won't see it or we'll push it away. I'm glad I was just a chubby kid. Just I don't know. I'm just going to go where you tell me to go. You know, but I was over here, I think of Jeremiah, right? I, I have plans for you to, for welfare, not for, uh, sorry, I have it written down. I'm, I'm a big dummy right here. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Man, I wanted to play quarterback. 
What if I went the quarterback route? I, I probably could have played a couple years in the NFL, you know, throw them in the mountains. But, uh, but he, he sees a gift that I have right now, and he puts me in a place where I need to be. So like, he gets a hold up. God wants you to be here. He doesn't want you comparing your gifts to someone else. Don't be comparing what you're given to, to another person's gifts and where they're prospering. So hold up. No, I got blessings for you over here. You need to be over here working with the people you need to be working with. And I love it. I love it. Because then I'm sitting there. I'm like learning how to be a teammate. I'm learning how to work with these guys. Learning how to use my body. I'm learning how to, how to be a friend to somebody. I don't know what any of this is, but I'm just growing. I'm growing. And he's, he's part of it. And if you say he's not in the huddle in that situation... Brother, you're wrong. I'm pr- I promise you that. He is involved and he's twisting it and trying to get back, you back to him and back to the blessings and, and place he wants you to be in. And I think about that, and I, I come back to Saul. It's the same thing. You know, Saul wants to win the war. He wants to win against Goliath. He wants to do the same thing. And up walks a David. I'm like, you're not, you can't handle this. I'm like, hold on, brother. I got the power of God with me. I got Jesus in my corner. Don't discount that. Just rap differently. All of a sudden he gets checked by his brother. He says, all right, go, go with the Lord, man. Go, come on. And he does it. But I come back. I think of two things. Okay, what is it? How do we get to a point where we can see God is with us or, or he's present or he's in the huddle or he's even in our corner? How do we even get to a point like that? Because it's, it's so many times I think like that. Okay, I've recounted it, but we can come to that point where like I've been doing pretty good on my own right I've made some things happen on my own how do I realize he's even in the picture with this I think the two main things one is we have to recount our life like that recount the ways you've been delivered through those crazy times I mean you get I, I love it David says to Saul, hold up, don't back me, don't, don't discount me right now. I might be a little bit of shepherd boy, and I might be a little guy that doesn't look like much, but I've killed a lion, I've killed a bear, and he's delivered me through that, and he's going to deliver me through this Philistine right now. In the same way you guys have been delivered through some messed up stuff in your life, sitting here right now, trying to get a word. I love the worship beforehand, so spot on. We get messed up stuff in our life, man. We got battles. We get mountains all the time. We try to handle them ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5 was the very first one that ever hit me. <laughs> right? Where he talk, he's like, lean on me, not on you. Okay? So smack, you ever get something to punch you in the face and you just can't get by it? Get by it? <laughs> Sorry, I, I get some aggressive verbiage going. <laughs> but, uh, but, that, but it spoke to me like that, and I, it was amazing. But I go back then, and I think of the same kind of people like my wife. We're back in Miami with the Dolphins right now. You guys don't care about the golf Dolphins, I know. All right. If I say we we're playing the Seahawks, you would love it. But we're playing the Bears, okay? We're playing the Chicago Bears. It's a Thursday night game, and the Dolphins is not usually a, an aggressive animal or mammal. Right? You don't think of that as being like, yeah, that's a warrior or Seminole or <laughs> Seahawk is, can at least come down and like claw you to death, you know? You don't think of that with a, a beautiful dolphin. <laughs> so, so 
we needed a war cry or something. We're, this is what happens. This is kind of stuff a bunch of meatheads think of, you know, right? This is, we need a war cry or something cool to get us jacked up before the games. Not every idea was good. <laughs> but we decided a wolf howl was it. All right? So we would do this. this is, we would break down. Before we'd take the field underneath, we'd break the, yeah, we're going to do a wolf howl. So this is a Thursday night game against Chicago Bears. And I'm starting at center. Right before we're about to run in the game, we got, they set it up kind of crazy because we'd done this for the season already. So they have, no joke, we had a full moon, some weird-looking clouds. They put wolf eyes on the big jumbotron to set up the situation. I'm like, all right. But we're in the, we're in the underneath the stadium right now, about to jump on the field. And we, all right, we got to break this down. Let's get hyped up. Let's go. Break down on me. Break down on three. One, two, three. Break. Oh! You ever had anybody howl in church, pastor? <laughs> yes. I'll take one. I'll take one. We run out of the field. All right. We get, we get the game going. I'm starting to center right now. About second series of the game, first quarter, real, uh, real quick into it. We call 135 X screen left. So what this is, is quarter gets the ball. Our quarterback gets the ball. He wants to throw it to our slot receiver to the side for a quick hit and screen up the middle of the field. So we get going. He goes, all right, we're going to huddle 135 X screen left on one-on-one, -on -one ready, break. We get up, and it's my job as a center. i got to snap the ball, punch this 300-pound nose guard, throw him in the dirt, and i got to get up to this second level as Mike Linebacker, who's Brian Erlacher at the time. He's pretty good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> pretty good. So that's my job. So we get up. All right, get on the play. Blue 80. Blue 80. Say, hut, snap, punch. I get up, that's where I went black. The next thing I remember is I'm on my back, and our head trainer, Kevin O'Neill, is looking down on me, and he's smacking me in the head, and he's like, Proc, Proc wake up, wake up, Proc, which is not concussion protocol anymore, but it's... <laughs> He's like, wake up, Proc. Come on. So I finally, finally come to. I'm like, what the heck? I don't know what's happening. Finally come to, and I realize I can't use my left leg. What had happened, I had ruptured my patella tendon, which is the tendon that runs down through your kneecap, ripped part of my kneecap up, and it came up to the top of my leg. So I couldn't walk. Couldn't do it. Just like that, my football was over. Just like that, I was back to the chubby kid wandering the halls. I sure needed a little direction. Thank God I had my fiance at the time. Because at that time, I was in a me place. The world was mine. I was taking it. I was fighting my coaches. I was doing it all. Come back, I wasn't included in a whole lot. And I look back, and I think God was in the huddle right there. And he's like, hold on, brother. I got something a whole lot bigger for you. I need you to be a husband to your wife. And then started that process. And I love it. I love it because now we've gotten, we get to this point now. And I'm like, now I'm in, now I read my scriptures, right? Now I get into it, and I'm prayerful and all that stuff. 
But we come across stuff like in Proverbs where it talks about how a good wife is a crown to her husband. And I'm like, baby, yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm royalty, all right? Yeah. I'm like, he, look, he's calling you up to be royalty, and your wife is what makes you a crown. I'm sitting here like, yeah, baby, that's my queen. And she's sitting there wiping her like, face right now. I'm like, she can't believe this. But, but I, those call to me. And if I hadn't been knocked down in a place all about me, I couldn't see him. I couldn't see my wife. Who knows where that would have gone? Thank God for that. It's an amazing, amazing place. Number two, first one was recount where we've been. Powerful. And number two, to see God's presence, to realize he's there, we got to get to a place where we can see him. we got to get to an environment where he's going to be there. Like right now, in church, listening to worship, praying. I tell you what, they did a prayer. We did a prayer before service that was powerful, something fierce. I'm telling you, it works. You start steer, stirring the spirit up like that, and he will start working through you and start getting that tongue. Power and death, and power and, or life and death is in the power of the tongue, and he starts putting that out of your mouth, and your actions start following that. You start leading a whole different life. In that, it's kind of the biggest lesson I needed to learn, I think, was getting in his presence and realizing. Because I could recount my life and like, yeah, I'm tough. I could do that. I've done a lot. But it was something else that really caught, caught us all off guard, my whole family. Was, uh, I told you, my brother, we got a lot of testosterone. It was all boys, right? My younger brother, Casey, his uh, son, Evan, awesome. I called him Big E. He's got these big, fat cheeks. He's a stud. But right after his first birthday, I get a call. He said, Big E's not doing so hot. So he's got cancer. It was about... 17 months old, I watched my brother and his wife lose their son. And that hit the whole family in a bad way. And something so perfect can be gone like that. <clears throat> And I, I spun it in my own place. You know, we, it's a tough place people go in life and death like that. But I spun into my own anger, confusion, disdain, not sure where to go. And the same, same time my daughter was born so I could celebrate this amazing gift that we had. But how can you take this perfect boy away at the same time? The first time they met was at St. Jude Hospital. It was great because we laid them on their back. They're both babies. And Grace is sitting there smacking them in the face. And we got a good picture of him looking side-eyed at her. Like, who's this chick and why is she by me right now? But we come back. So I'm in this bad place now. We're back in Texas. And we get, I remember a buddy asked me, he's like, what, what's your relationship with God right now? And at the time, I said, I don't need him. We got beef. 
It was funny because right after that, we got an invite to church. And any ladies out there, you want to talk about the power of the woman right now? This is what happens. On Saturday night, we got some friends over, a buddy and his wife. And his wife starts talking to Megan, my wife. She's like, hey, we're going to 11 a.m. service in the morning. You guys can come if you want. And so they leave. I had no idea this conversation was taking place. And my wife comes to me and just kind of impassioned and said, hey, I'm going to go to 11 a.m. service. You can come if you want. <laughs> and then drops the mic. <laughs> She's watching me right now. Drops the mic. And I'm sitting here like, hold up. I'm the man of this house. I'm the leader. I say what we do. That's fine. I'm going to lead us in there. All right, we'll go. I'm going to go. So, so we go into this place. We go to Keller, Texas, called Milestone Church. It's name. Non, non-denominational, never been there. Our background, totally clashed with it. It was crazy. And we walk into church. I got Grace, my baby girl, in my arms. Megan's by my side. And we're walking in, and I've got my full Goliath armor up to God right now. Big time. I'm like, I don't care. I'll take care of my family. I was still ticked off. And I walked in. They won't talk to anybody. Don't give me any nice greetings. Nothing like that. <laughs> right? I walk in. I didn't hear a message. I didn't hear anything. We're about second worship song. He puts a vision in front of me. Picture. A big E sitting on his lap. It was just enough to bring down the wall to come back the next week. Just enough to say okay to a little more. But to put that picture in my head. And what started happening was a change of something else. All of a sudden I get into a small group. I'm not listening. I'm telling you. I'm like, I might be talkative right now, but then I'm just, be quiet. I'm not listening to anything anybody has to say. I'm just present. I get in a small group. I start hearing other men and stuff they're going through and how God has shaped their life. And I get in a men's development group, and all of a sudden, reading some books. Come on, baby. I did not read books before. (laughs) And steps, steps were happening. I didn't realize it, but all of a sudden, I started taking simple steps of obedience that I didn't really call obedience at the time, but that's what they were. And with every step, a massive amount of force came with it. It would get confirmed in a situation that was, it was the most amazing thing ever. And what's happening right now in my family, this is the most amazing stuff ever, is right now, I'll tell you Big E's story. I know he works when you start getting in his word, you start getting in his presence, you start getting in environments where he's at and he can work and you can see him work, you start seeing him work outside of that too. I'll tell you right now, my brother's here right now. We have a reconciled relationship just because of that. Because it wasn't me. It was him. And I thank God he's here right now. My brother Casey and his wife, by accident got pregnant again. Accident. We can call it what we want. Okay. But they just had twin baby girls. Most amazing thing ever. And I can tell you right now, without a shadow of a doubt, if that hadn't stepped, if I hadn't gotten to an environment, I wouldn't be 
a better man. I wouldn't be a better husband or brother or friend or anything than I was playing football. Here's the challenge. You guys showed up today getting in that presence. The challenge is do it again. Do it again and keep doing it. And watch what he does. Watch what kind of shape your life starts forming into. And watch what kind of amazing things start happening. And watch what kind of lights he starts putting in front of your face and lighting things up to you to, you, to talk to your wife in a different way. When all of a sudden he calls you, men, we're called to lay down our, our life for our wife. When she's supposed to be the crown on her head, we start talking to her different. We start doing things differently to our, to our friends. We lay down our life for our friends. In Matthew it talks about we, we do things completely different because we see things in a different light. All of a sudden that wall, that mountain, that fight, whatever we're going through, we can call it down in a heartbeat. That I see you, Satan. Get behind me. It becomes easier because you know the power of God is with you. I can tell you, I can testify that everything that's gone into my life and everything that's happened right now, he's made work for my benefit, for your benefit, so you can be built up and you can know that you're going to be that better person, you're going to be that better spouse, you can be that better friend. And we can have a whole new life born again. That's proof that God's in the huddle. I like to pray it out, if that's okay. Amen? Is that cool? Father, thank you so much just for the opportunity to speak here tonight, today. Father, just to share your word, share our testimony, hear our stories, to know you are working in our life. Father, to know that you are it for us, that you sent your son to die for us, that you can cover us with your blood to make perfect so that we can be that in you, so we can be that perfection for you. I'm thankful for Jesus' life. I'm thankful for everybody in the work that you're putting into us right now. I call, I ask that we can recount the blessings that we've been given. I ask that we can pursue a relationship with you, that we can pursue to be in your presence, that we can... We can experience you on a whole nother level that we've never experienced before, God. Father, I ask you to show yourself to the people. Show your spirit. Show your son like you did to me that day in church. That day I needed it so bad. Father, I pray over anyone here who's dealing with those battles. Anyone here who's dealing with a mountain, maybe with a relational struggle, maybe with business at work or something, that they can call on you to overcome that. That they can call on you, just like David did with Saul and said, I've been through the battles. I've beat the blind. I've beat the bear. And I'll beat this Philistine right now because God's delivered me through everything in my life only to deliver me through this moment right now. Father, we give you thank you. I give you thanks. I give you love. I give you everything we are because you have made us into the power you want us to be. Father, thank you. We love you. Amen.